Chapter 6 Types of Prayer The priest-shepherd illustration covered some of the general types of prayer listed in God's Word. But all his prayers stem from his humble, submissive heart to God, words spoken out loud, directed to God, listening and knowing that God loves him. Do the same, and you'll automatically cover the different types of prayer. To enable understanding of the different types, I will briefly explain them. Paul, writing to Timothy, said, I exhort, therefore, that, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Prayer, prasuhe, prasuhamai, means to worship God in what you're saying to Him, showing Him respect, honoring Him, focusing on His kingdom, and submitting to His word. Supplication, deisis, comes from the Greek word deomai, which means to urge God's blessing, request earnestly for self or others. For example, Zacharias was childless, and he made supplications to God for a child. Oftentimes, prayers and supplication are used in one sentence to reinforce the importance of all types of prayer. Intercession, entaxis, literally means to visit God on behalf of someone else, either by finding out from God how to help another, or by God moving on our heart to pray for someone, something else, regardless of knowing any details. Thanksgiving, Eucharistia, means expressing a grateful attitude with words to God. Often, the following Greek words are translated in English as pray when speaking to God. Parakaleo, which means to call near, urge to come, and eratao, which means to ask. The types of prayers listed above are either one, spoken with our understanding, or two, spoken without understanding the situation, yet through a sense of need and inner compulsion, or three, spoken in a spiritual language we don't understand, called tongues. The first two are self-explanatory, so let's elaborate on tongues. What are tongues? The tongue shapes the sound air that is pushed out by the diaphragm into a language. Thus, any language is known as a tongue, and languages are known as tongues. Tongues are used to communicate something to the hearer. It is important that the hearer understand the language, but it is not important that the one speaking the language understand it. For example, if a Russian wanted me to give a message to another Russian in Russian, they would only need to teach me how to say the sounds. It would not be necessary for me to understand what I'm saying. I can still speak it, but I won't understand it. And understanding it isn't important because the message is for the Russian, not me. Similarly, with the spiritual language, tongues, I may not understand what I'm saying, but it is a message from Holy Spirit to God through me. He understands it. Let me give some context by taking a slight detour. The life, spirit, of mankind from the beginning started with Adam, and he passed life down through his sperm from generation to generation. It is the male who carries the life, spirit, to the next generation. The sin affected the life, spirit, from the very beginning, and it needed to be renewed. Therefore, the Messiah, Jesus, couldn't come through Adam's life, the sperm from man, but from his heavenly Father, or else he would have sinned from birth. When the sperm, life through man, meets the egg, life incubator of the woman, the soul is instantly created. What about Jeremiah, I hear some say? Wasn't Jeremiah around like in heaven before God created him? The Lord said to Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Notice it didn't say Jeremiah knew God before he was formed, but that it was God who knew Jeremiah. So we can't use it to support the fact that we existed before we were born. Let's interpret scripture as it says. God knew what he wanted in Jeremiah and formed what he wanted in Jeremiah from the womb. Jeremiah didn't literally exist, but existed in God's mind and God formed him. When the sperm or body dies, then the spirit, life, goes back to God, because it's on loan. For without the spirit, this body is dead, but the soul stays alive for eternity. It either goes to Sheol or goes to heaven, based on the choices it makes. From conception, when the soul is created, the person can talk. It may not be understood by those around, but God understands. The embryo expresses how it feels, in a totally transparent spiritual language, not a learned language. As the child develops, they learn how to speak to those in the world and guard themselves. Those who speak to the world speak a learned language and must guard themselves. However, those who speak to God must speak a heavenly language and must be transparent before Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. I could say that an infant speaks more in the spirit than in the flesh because they are unable to speak in a learned language, and they are more transparent in expressing their heart. However, the infant spirit has been damaged from the very beginning, through the sin in the world. Their spiritual language to God will not be that effective as they are lacking the truth and understanding of the perfect will of God. They need Holy Spirit inside them in order to teach them God's will. But once they are completed with Holy Spirit, inside and out, they are made a new creation. They have the ability to speak in unlearned tongues by Holy Spirit. It is Holy Spirit who guides their tongue, helping them pronounce words, just like an infant who surrenders their voice by speaking from their heart and ignoring learnt languages, so are those who are guided by Holy Spirit. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. How I Started in Tongues As mentioned, a couple of months after accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord, I had an encounter with God. I shook uncontrollably at the name of Jesus, and when I wanted to speak, my words sounded like stuttering gibberish. This was tongues. However, what I didn't mention was that for the next six years, I didn't speak any tongues. Why? Well, I didn't know it was tongues or how to speak again. The roadblock was my thinking. I was waiting for another shaking experience, like what happened at Pentecost. I was expecting a spiritual lightning bolt to hit me. I would automatically speak in tongues without my involvement, like autopilot. Now, I had read about tongues many times in Scripture, had heard people speak in tongues, and I wanted to speak in tongues. I became very frustrated because I couldn't. Well, I thought I couldn't. In those six years, I went to prayer meetings where people laid hands on me to speak in tongues. Nothing happened. I read a number of how-to speak in tongue books. One said they were fasting and praying, then they started speaking and Holy Spirit just took over. This seemed pretty simple for me to execute. So I fasted for 24 to 36 hours. No food, just water locked myself in a room, and prayed and prayed. I think I even said to God, I will not leave until I speak in tongues. I broke that vow a few hours later and left not speaking in tongues. I remember telling God in my frustration and pride, I fast and pray and more than many of these people, and they speak in tongues. It's unfair. Why them, not me? So I gave up. I tried to disprove my initial understanding of Scripture that every Christian can speak in tongues. But as I went through the Scriptures, people could see when someone was baptized in Holy Spirit. How? 
It was an outward evidence. Something took place that others witnessed. Those who were baptized in Holy Spirit spoke in tongues, a spiritual language sometimes understood by others and sometimes not. But it was never understood by the person speaking, unless they could interpret. So was I trying to disprove Scripture based on experience? Honestly speaking, yes. I went through the Old Testament looking for the gifts of the Spirit and those who had them. When trying to understand interpretation of a law, phrase, or word, always start at the first place it is mentioned in the Scripture. Jesus used this same principle when speaking with the Pharisees regarding the first case of marriage. It was not so from the beginning. The first mention of tongues is Isaiah 28.11 in reference to a future time. 1 Corinthians 14.21 references this. The fulfillment took place at Pentecost. However, before Pentecost, there was a distinct difference between those who had Holy Spirit inside and upon them. Those who had Holy Spirit inside them had supernatural wisdom, understanding, and knew what and how to do the will of God. And those who had Holy Spirit upon them had supernatural power like prophecy, boldness, miracles, and healing. It wasn't a result of their understanding, but the power of God working as they stepped out. But no one under the Old Testament, as far as I had studied, had Holy Spirit inside and upon them except Jesus Christ. Recall Holy Spirit was already in Jesus from birth, but only came upon him after he was baptized in water. Later, after Jesus was resurrected, his followers also received the completion of Holy Spirit in and upon them. All the gifts of Holy Spirit could be found in the Old Testament, every one of them, except tongues. Tongues is the only one that is unique to those under the New Testament. Why? Because the New Testament in Christ offers a deeper intimacy with God and enables us to pray at this deeper level without needing understanding. Again, I went to services where people prayed for people to speak in tongues, just like those I had been to previously. They prayed for me and kept praying. They said, just speak. How can I just speak? Say Abba repeatedly. I did, but it sounded so silly. Am I saying it right? Is it Abba or Abra or... I can't. It's not coming. I wanted the formula. I wanted the flame from heaven to hit me. Eventually, after ten minutes or so, they gave up on me and moved on to the next person who spoke in tongues. I was frustrated because I knew it was my covenant right. It must be important and I wanted it. So I resorted to, maybe God is not giving it to me for some reason. Just accept it. After six years from the decision of accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord, I went to a Bible conference on how Christians should work in the workplace. The pastor made reference to speaking in tongues. So after the meeting, I went to the pastor and told him I wanted to speak in tongues but couldn't. He asked me some questions regarding my faith in Jesus Christ and about Holy Spirit, basically wanting to know if Jesus was my Lord and if I knew anything about Holy Spirit. Then he said, You can speak in tongues. Why aren't you? I said, I told you, I can't. I obviously don't have Holy Spirit. He said, yes, you do, but you don't believe the scripture. Why don't you just speak? After seeing he wasn't getting anywhere with me, he pulled out the Bible and said, let's settle this once and for all. He turned to Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So he asked me if I believe this. I said, yes. If you don't believe you have Holy Spirit, ask. So I did. 
Okay, so based on the Word of God, God the Father has given you the Holy Spirit. Remember, no one can say Jesus Christ is their Lord and that the Word of God is true without the conviction of Holy Spirit. Now I will lay hands on you just like the apostles did to receive the completion of Holy Spirit. So he did. Still nothing. I couldn't speak in tongues. It was just like before. He then asked me, At the day of Pentecost, who was doing the speaking, Holy Spirit or the 120? I said, Holy Spirit. He replied, No, read it again. Acts 2.4 And they were all filled with Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I said, Okay, they spoke, but Holy Spirit gave them the utterance, the words. He responded, Yes, they spoke, but Holy Spirit helped them pronounce the words they were making. They had to do the speaking. It was their choice, just like Paul did later. Holy Spirit won't go against someone's will if they don't want him to speak through them. Speaking in tongues is by faith. You step out of the boat of understanding and speak. Holy Spirit will help you. Do you believe he is your helper? Yes. So stop focusing on your understanding. Just speak, glorifying him with sound, and Holy Spirit will take over. Driving home in the car with my wife, I told her the conversation. And she said, so why don't you just speak and not use words, but love upon the Lord? I couldn't. Then I felt a check in my spirit saying, is it that you can't or that you won't? Does believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord make any sense in your natural understanding? Does laying hands on someone to be healed make any sense? Get off your understanding and step out. So right there in the car, I started loving upon the Lord, just speaking sounds, glorifying him. My mind said, what are you doing? What are you saying? It's senseless. Are you offending God? Is it coming from your mind, not your spirit? As soon as I had these thoughts, there came a flood against it, like there was a war going on inside me, my mind versus my spirit. How can I have a conversation about this and still speak? If the words were coming from my mind, then surely I would need to think about the sounds and say them. How is it I can think about other things? If I spoke English, I can't have a completely different conversation in my mind like I'm having with you now. But you are doing the speaking. Yes, I am doing the speaking. That's it. But I'm not even focusing on what I'm saying because I'm speaking with you in my mind. I don't even know what I'm saying. Trusting Holy Spirit to speak through me regardless of my understanding. Surely my understanding is unfruitful. Over the next few months, the more I spoke in tongues, the less my mind said foolishness. It eventually gave up. I'm sure if I stopped, I wouldn't have spoken in tongues again. My flesh, my mind, would have robbed me. I realized that I could have spoken all along, since the moment of baptism of Holy Spirit. In my ignorance, I was waiting for God, but He was waiting for me. He had already given it to me. It is truly by faith, surrendering to Holy Spirit and just speaking, loving upon our Heavenly Father with sounds. He forms the words without us thinking about them. Yes, Holy Spirit speaks through me. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us. How? With groanings which cannot be uttered. The Greek word for helps is sunantilambanomai. It is only used twice in the New Testament. The other time is in Luke 10.40.
Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him, Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. This word help means working together with, not working alone and not working in isolation, but together with. Therefore, Holy Spirit working together with us as we pray. What does working with us look like as we pray? The Greek word uttered is alalitas. It is not soundless as per aphanos, nor is it unclear pronunciation of a language as per apophegma. Uttered does, however, mean speaking in natural words. Therefore, the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be spoken in natural words. So how? With an audible spiritual language, tongues, and does this with me as I surrender my voice to him by speaking. General Questions and Answers Do I believe every Christian who is baptized in Holy Spirit can speak in tongues? Yes, based on Scripture. But not every Christian will speak in tongues because of their own reasoning. It is significantly easier for a person to speak in tongues just after they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and are baptized in Holy Spirit than one who has been a Christian a long time. They're not trying to figure it out, but accept it by faith. Just like in the beginning, they accept Jesus by faith and later start working it out. So it is with tongues. Jesus said, Now these supernatural signs will follow closely those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on sick ones, and they will be well. What is the qualifier for the supernatural signs? Those who truly believe in Jesus' authority, his name. How did the early church know when someone was baptized in Holy Spirit? They spoke in tongues. Peter debated with the Jewish Christian elders who didn't believe that the message of the gospel was for the Gentiles. He used the first principle to explain to them that the Gentiles also received Holy Spirit, just like they had at first, referring to Pentecost, specifically to tongues. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, as upon us at the beginning. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. What is actually being said in tongues? The mysteries of God, the wonderful works of God, giving of thanks to God. What are the different kinds of tongues by Holy Spirit? For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So even though I don't understand it, what languages do I speak? Language to God, language of angels, a natural language that others may understand as it is a message to them. Is praying in the Spirit the same as praying with the Spirit? No. Praying in the Spirit is referring to the position we should be in when praying. And praying with the Spirit is praying in a spiritual language, tongues. In the Spirit means not focusing on lusts of the flesh, but on His will found in His Word. Yes, praying in tongues is more spiritual, more the perfect will of God than praying in the understanding because the flesh gets in the way of understanding. But when a person walks in the Spirit, desiring God's kingdom needs and focusing on God's Word, then the understanding is enlightened and enables the person to pray effectively in their understanding. Praying in the Spirit includes both praying in the understanding and praying in tongues, but it doesn't necessarily need to be at the same time. What are the benefits of speaking in tongues for the individual? He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. This means we build ourselves up spiritually in him when we pray in tongues. 
Holy Spirit helps us pray the perfect will of God. So even if we don't know what the will of God is in a situation, or we are in a fleshly mindset, we are able to pray the perfect will of God in tongues. What an incredible benefit. So just like praying in our understanding is important, so is praying with the Spirit, non-understanding. We need both to fulfill the condition of Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. In the Spirit is a position, and the position includes both natural language and spiritual language. What is the conclusion then? Like Paul said, I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with understanding. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. It's no coincidence that Romans 8.28 comes after Paul's teaching that Holy Spirit helps us to pray with groanings, which cannot be spoken in natural words, tongues. Another benefit is the ability to express our heart to God without limitations of natural words, like, I love you, Father doesn't quite go deep enough, or praying for a need for someone that words themselves can't express, or praying not knowing what the situation is all about. I recall one day driving on the highway and I had a deep need to pray for my mother. I didn't know what it was all about, so I prayed in tongues until I felt it was okay. When I arrived at work, I received a call from my mom telling me that there was a shooting and she was caught in the middle of it. It was a miracle that she wasn't hit. What are the benefits of speaking in tongues for the hearers? Tongues are a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. It draws unbelievers to ask the question, Is this real? It's just one of the many signs God puts in front of people. If they want to know more, then it leads them in the right direction. However, if it's not, then it could harden their hearts, thinking those who are speaking in tongues are mad. If it is interpreted, then they have no excuse to harden their heart and have to make a choice. That's why interpretation of tongues in a corporate setting is required. It is for the unbelievers. Now anyone who obeys the interpretation of tongues is also edified. Therefore, if it is not interpreted or there is no interpreter present, rather pray in tongues quietly to God, edifying yourself. Is there a difference between tongues for the individual and tongues for the church? Yes. First, the term church means a gathering of believers, two or more, for the purpose of edification. And as mentioned, tongues is for every individual who believes in Jesus Christ as their Lord. However, giving a tongue for the church is not for every believer. For example, not every Christian is designated by God to be a teacher in the church. But every Christian can and does teach themselves and their family or those that come their way. But in the church, they may not teach. Similarly, all can speak in tongues, but there are those who believe they have a message in tongues from God for the church, known as the gift of tongues, or different kinds of tongues. This is different from personal tongues. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church, and let him speak to himself and to God. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, order. Paul says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all, yet in the church I would rather speak five words with my understanding, that I may teach others also, than ten thousand words in a tongue. Whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. And later in that chapter, Paul tells the church, do not forbid to speak with tongues.